1: Yesterday, Vancouver City Councilors uh, got a closer look at a staff report uh, that uh, warns that uh, taxpayers or homeowners could be on the hook for nine percent annual property tax increase for the next five years or so. It's part of the uh, budget outlook, uh, and I want to re- reiterate here, of course, that it uh, hasn't. It's not finalized. This is just an outlook from staff, uh, and, and to allow City Councilors to make decisions moving forward in regards to. Budgeting and finance, and of course, it comes on the heels of a 10.7 percent property uh, tax uh, increase last year. Joining me now to talk about the issue is Pete Fry, city councillor with the Green Party of Vancouver. Pete, thanks for joining us. Hi, Jeff. Hi, uh, your thoughts on this? Uh, when you read the, the, um, the budget outlook, what went through your mind? Uh,
2: you know. <sighs> I, I can't say it's a surprise. Actually, we did get uh, some indications of this back in 2021. Actually, mm-hmm. when we were really sort of in, in the depths of the pandemic, uh, we did have a staff report uh, similar to this one that predicted that we would be looking at a nine to ten percent uh, tax increase in 2023, and 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 further that we would have seven percent increases each year uh, going up until 2026. So that that was the prediction back in 2021 for staff, and obviously, we've, you know, with with a new government, we've seen some you know extra commitments to, to new spends that has, has driven that even further. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised.
1: Now, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here. The 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 report says there's going to be a need for $730 million because of capital spending. There's inflation, rising construction costs, labor shortages, and wage growth um, uh, as well. Uh, Where do you think the city can find this revenue?
2: Yeah, you know, there's an interesting appendix. Obviously, the the first course of action would be from taxpayers – uh, which doesn't sound very great, but that's that's sort of how it's been framed. They did present an appendix in that report that looked at some maybe alternate uh, opportunities for revenue generation. I think there was $6 million a year in, in there for uh, curbside management for ride hail, so,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so like some kind of scheme that would see Uber paying a little bit more, um, increasing the residential parking fees, uh, little things like that nibbling around the edges. There was a, a big sort of indeterminate option where – seeking uh, sponsorship and naming rights and those kind of opportunities, seeing if that could, uh, you know, add add some revenue, but they didn't give a price tag. Mm -hmm. One of the pieces that obviously jumped into my mind was the conversation that we'd had in the last term around uh, residential parking permits citywide, which at the time staff were suggesting could yield us anything from 30 to $80 million a year, which would effectively balance out any of this kind of, um, tax increase at
1: 9%. But you're talking about the residential parking conversation that we've had where people would pay to park uh, on the residential streets where they have homes, then. that one.
2: C- correct, and that was defeated but in, the, in the last term, and I think we heard loud and clear from the, from the public that, that it wasn't going to be equitable and, and that folks didn't want to pay for uh, their private vehicles on public streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is a, a conversation that may need to be revisited at some point because I, I get that it's not popular, but neither is a 9% tax increase mm-hmm. so, for the next four years. So
1: you've raised this issue and, and there has been tremendous pushback to the parking issue. And I, and I get where you're coming from, though. Now, we had Sarah Kirby Young on. Uh, I do believe it was late last week on the issue of this uh, budget, uh, um, uh, budget outlook that the staff provided. I want you to take a listen to what she had to say. We're going to play that clip now.
0: So one of the good conversations we're actually having right now is, the fact, is actually quantifying the downloading. And uh, you heard the $250 million number that came out last term because I asked for that to be downloaded in terms of what the, where the city had stepped in. And they saw the gaps and the spending wasn't happening. So on things like housing, childcare, et cetera. So if you think about a $2 billion budget, if you've got about $250 million bucks that the city's picking up, that's pretty significant. We can do a lot in terms of cleaning the roads, in terms of having great extended hours for libraries, all of those pieces. And so starting to pull that back, as we've seen additional investment from the provincial government, for example in terms of child care but that's where the pressure points have been and that's why you've seen sort of the levels of cleanliness haven't been there in the city uh things like underinvestment in our aging infrastructure we know we've got a huge gap we're an older city mm-hmm. um, and we need to invest in building the amenities back up so that's a big part of it is that advocacy piece um and when you have the aging infrastructure it's why you have utilities going up yeah. also across the region not unique to Vancouver aging sewer pipes all of that
1: so that was Sarah Kirby Young talking to us late last week on this show. And essentially, what she's saying is that there are non core uh, programs the city is running because of downs, uh, downloading from the federal government and perhaps the provincial government $160 million to afford for affordable housing, $23 million on child care. She went through others as well. But essentially, it's $250 million, she says. That's about 15 percent of the city budget. Do you think there should be a greater push at all towards the federal provincial government? Say, look, you guys got to take up some of this stuff. That's where your savings lie because this isn't really core city business. This should be federal government business. It Should be provincial government business. It's not the city of Vancouver's business.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's a there's a bunch of down. This has been an ongoing conversation. I I, I don't necessarily agree with the two hundred and fifty million dollar mm-hmm. uh, price tag because I think that's there's a lot of complicated math that goes into that. That's not a hundred percent accurate. What I will say that that for sure we are we have aging infrastructure. We do have a lot of downloading of on things like housing and childcare. Yet at the same time, uh, Kensen and his ABC government have have taken on new downloading with hiring mental health nurses, which has entirely been the purview of the provincial government. And suddenly we're now hiring 100 mental health nurses, and that that's that does come at a at a price tag. And similarly, you know, uh, ABC made huge commitments to. To, to housing and, and, um, and childcare in their platform. And I think this is where the sort of rubber hits the road and where you get that sort of, you know, it, it's the difference between campaigning on stuff versus actually governing. And the reality is, is that you can make all sorts of promises in a campaign, mm-hmm. but then when it comes time to pay for it, that becomes a little bit more complicated. So a lot of the stuff they campaigned on was in effect taking on additional downloading. And we, we still don't have, you know, kind of a solution for, uploading some of that existing downloading that we're dealing with right now.
1: But do you think the will is there on your part and of ABC, which I understand they're the majority. So, you know, you, you raise a very good point. They promised a lot of stuff, which is really about downloading and eating those costs. But $168 million towards affordable housing, to my understanding, $23 million towards childcare and homelessness. Those are tough things to go to taxpayers and say, you know what? Uh, we're going to cut here because this is not our this is not our core business here. This is not our responsibility. Easier said than done. I would be the first to say that. Tough to do. But is that a place where you should be looking as a council in regards to saving and cutting back on some of these programs uh, rather than going to this, the residents and saying we're going to charge you for parking on your residential street?
2: Well, look, I think it's important to clarify that when we talk about some of these spends in things like child care and things like affordable housing, it's not coming out of the taxpayer per se, it's coming out of new builds and it's it's part of inclusionary zoning and, and part mm-hmm. of community amenity contributions and developer contributions that we do take from new developments and they pay for everything from like roads and sewers and parks and green space and public art and affordable housing and and childcare. That that is kind of how we factor in the, the cost of, of financing growth. And that's been a standard practice in British Columbia. Across the, you know across all local governments and certainly in Vancouver, and that's how we've paid for a lot of stuff. So that that two hundred and fifty includes some of those you know development paying for itself kind of initiatives. So awesome. it's not coming. It, 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 it's, it's a bit disingenuous to frame it as like this is coming out of taxpayers' pockets. It is ultimately, I guess, all the same pocket, but it's. You know, coming at it, at it from different ways because this is really about financing growth as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pete, you got a lot of tough decisions ahead of you, you and your fellow counselors. I really appreciate your time. Did look forward to chatting with you soon on this issue again. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jess.